House Flipping HQ Podcast, Episode 3. This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ Podcast. Giving you the strategies, techniques, and inside secrets of house flipping from today's top house flipping experts. House Flipping, House Flipping HQ. Your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. All right, House Flipping Nation. Today, I'm super excited to introduce to you guys a group of guys who are just crushing it right now. I don't know if I've ever seen a house flipping company grow as fast as these guys have in such a short period of time. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up. For the one, the only, or the three, the only, Roger, Brian, and Dustin of RBD Ventures. How's it going, guys? Hey, Justin. Hey, Justin. Going really good. Justin, it's going great, man. Awesome. That's what I like to hear. man. Thanks for having us. No problem. Thanks, Thanks for coming aboard. So since they opened up shop just three and a half short years ago, RBD has flipped over 150 houses all throughout Southern California. They have been featured in the San Diego Tribune, KSI News, and numerous radio station interviews throughout all of Southern California. In fact, I don't even think a week goes by when I don't hear you guys being featured in some news or radio or or something. You guys are getting pretty popular in such a short period of time. How do you do it? We just like to talk and hope somebody's listening. (laughs) (laughs) That's, I would say that's where Roger's got a, uh, a face for radio, huh? Yeah, there, I, guess, I got the face for radio. That's why I'm on the radio all the time. <laughs> Something. I mean, I know I went a year ago to your guys' uh, little boot camp that you did. I shouldn't say little boot camp. It was quite the uh, event. And I don't know. You just have some good systems together. You got, you got some marketing put together, which I don't see most householding companies do. So anyway, I don't mean to get ahead of this, but I'm, I'm just excited to get going here. So I'm just blown away. 150 houses in three years. I mean... When I was at three and a half years, I think I was maybe at 40 to 50, not even a third of what you've done in such a short period of time. How, how do you guys do it? Well, if you look at, uh, look at our heads, I got a lot of gray hair. Brian lost most of his hair. <laughs> and Dustin, I think he's losing the front of his hair. I'm so. the youngest guy here. Yeah, it's going the fastest. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of stress and hard work. I thought this business was like super easy. That's what they tell you on you know the, the gurus, yeah, I'll they- say. They leave that out. They, they yeah. forget about that part. They forget about, about the hard part. <laughs> they talk about when you've been into it for 10 years and then you're only working four hours a week, right? They don't talk about when you get there. Awesome. All right. Well, okay. I've given a little bit of an introduction about RBD. Um, and uh, in case you didn't realize, the RBD is for uh, Roger, Brian, and Dustin, you know, obviously. Um why don't you guys go ahead and before we dive into the meat and potatoes here of how you run this machine, this house flipping machine, let's hear a little about your background. How did you start getting into this business and how did you grow to the point to where you're currently at? Right. Uh, well, Roger, I mean, we all were trying to get into the real estate business. None of us had a real estate background, although Dustin was a contractor and Roger and I met first. We are uh, both uh, trying to get into real estate. The, the wholesale way, which is getting into real estate without money, finding the deal and uh, passing on that deal to an investor who has cash. And uh, we met uh, one day and hit it off and decided that we could do more together than um, working apart. 
And then we figured out, well, since we don't have a real estate construction background, we better find a contractor. And uh, we met Dustin shortly after at a, um, uh, a, a real estate investing seminar. And then not long there after that, um, after days of um, meeting with each other every day and putting a plan together and analyzing deals that um, we did our first wholesale deal. Awesome. And then we're just, just history was made after that. You know, we, we worked really well together and we just said, you know, let's make a company out of this wholesale deal. And, and we just pushed forward. And next thing you know, we were doing deals like crazy. Well, let's dive into that first deal because, you know, the folks listening to the podcast, I mean, a lot of them haven't done their first deal yet. So they look at you guys and see 150 houses. And how did you go about finding that very first wholesale deal that you did? How'd you go about completing that? Well, I mean, it was a thing of just getting out there and doing it. You know, we, um, uh, the thing that we didn't tell is from the day I decided to do real estate and get into wholesaling to the day we actually did our first deal, the 11 months went by. And so, you know, you can't give up. You got to be persistent. And I'm sure I walked 100, 150 houses before we did our first deal. And I would just go out to, you know, a lot of times Brian, he had a nine to five job, but he had MLS access. And so he was feeding me leads and I just run out and look at them. I'd call the realtor off the sign and just ask him, you know, know, I had offers on it and just try to make some rapport. And actually our first deal came about for me just being out in the field every day, meeting realtors. You know, then, you know, when a house would hit them less, you just get barrage with all the investors would come out there, realtors would come out there. And so I just networked, you know, that was a good place to meet every investor in town. I would just sit there and investors would come through and realtors would come through. And it was a good networking and just being at the houses. And then so sure enough, one day, you know, I get a phone call from a realtor I'd met at the house. And she said, I have a listing, you know, it's falling through with the investor that's on it right now. Are you interested? And of course, you know, that, you know, that was like a miracle for us. Nobody ever called us and offered us a deal at that awesome. point. And so, yeah, we were just, I jumped in the car, I ran out there, I said, that's it, we'll take it. And then that was it, that was our first deal. But it was just a lot of hard work, a lot of grinding it out to get to that first deal. So what would have happened if, you know, 10 months went by? That's a long time, right? Where would you guys be today? Yeah, no, that's the whole uh, three feet from gold story, right? You know, you you get really, really close to it and you just give up. So you got to have the mindset that this is what you're going to do. You know, when you get into the, to do something, whatever it is, whether it's real estate or whatever you decide your goal is to do, you have to decide and you're going to hang tough until you see it through. And, I, and at the end of the day, there's, there's other guys out there doing this, right? And so you just figure out what they're doing and, and replicate that, right? I love it. And that's what we're all about. You know, I, our goal is not to tell people, hey, this is easy. Get rich quick. You can make this happen overnight, but work really hard, get some good education, take massive, massive action. And eventually you will succeed. And what I tell people a lot, and let me know if you guys agree, is I say your first house is going to be just as hard or harder than the next 10. And then the next 10 are going to be just as hard or harder than the next 100, 100. Um, I would agree with that. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for you to agree. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me how right I am. (laughs) You know, because, yeah, like you said, it took 11 months to get that first deal. But within a month, we had our second deal. And then, you know, then next thing you know, within a year, you have 25 deals, you know, so you're right. You're absolutely right. Did we talk about this? Because it sounds like I'm hearing the exact same story that, that I went through. I mean, not, it took me nine months and then uh, two months later, I had another one. And then it was like a deal a month for a while and then a couple. And then it's just a snowball effect. It's pretty, pretty incredible. So a matter of fact, I would, you know, you, you were talking about how incredible our story is, but you said you had 40 or 50 deals 
in three and a half years, but you've got to figure you're one guy and we're three. So we, you know, we had triple labor, right? So you do the same amount of deals. Thanks for making me feel better, guys. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, okay, good stuff. All right, let's dive right in. I mean, how do you guys, the whole goal here in House Flipping HQ is to not only teach people how to flip houses, but the systems that you use and how you run your business. So let's dive in. First off, okay, there's three of you. Uh, a lot of people ask questions about partnerships. Should I get a partner? Should I not? I've had partners, you know, one at a time, not multiple like you guys, and um, business partners. Let's clarify here, just to be clear. <laughs> so, <laughs> starting to sound kind of weird. So, you know, and it's tough. How do you guys do it with three partners? I think Dustin should answer this because... All right, well, the first thing I want to tell everybody is don't ever get a partner. <laughs> uh, as much as I'm kidding, you have to make sure that the people you work with, first and foremost, that you like each other. And second, that you have a like or aligned goals. If, you, if you're... And that's the biggest thing for us today, Justin, is that we... If we focus on the goals that we've set aside for ourselves individually and for the business... That's what drives us to do what we're doing. We don't put our egos and our greed in front of that. We have a very defined way that we want to do things. And we've learned over the few uh, several years here that our goals do align on a day-to-day basis. That's what keeps us going because it makes us focused on what we want, not worrying about you know that greed or that what individuals want, but more what the, we want company-wise or it, we just know where we're going. So it makes it a lot easier to work together. That way. So on a daily basis, is what Dustin's saying is, is I come in and I say something and he gets mad at me, but he can overcome that because, you know, we're still going to strive for the same thing or, you know, so it makes it a lot easier to get over those little petty things that would make, you know, might break up a lot of partnerships, right? Seriously. Because we have a goal and we're going to stick together to finish that goal. And, and like Dustin said, at the end, we do like each other. But in, in my, the way I, I have a spin on it too, I mean, there's an internal partnership, but if you're going to be in this game of real estate, you're going to have to build a team. And I, you know, even though you know, like you said, you're you're not with partners right now. You have a team around you. You have realtors yeah. you go to. You have title companies. You have you know legal advice. You know, we share some of the same people even in, in our teams. And so you got to build a team around you. And so whether those guys you call them your partners or not, they really are your partners. And so being able to have a team, you know, you have partners whether you like it or not. It's just you have to decide if you're going to put the name on the side of the building like we did. And initials RBD, right? Awesome. Or if you know you're going to have your your office here and they have their office here and you guys just you do it deal by deal or if you do it in a, a cohesive business structure and so that's kind of why I tell people you're going to have partners you're going to have to deal with people if you can't deal with people you're not going to make it in this business. Awesome, awesome stuff. Very true. So tell us a little more about your team. I know you guys do have that big office with RBD on the side and I know you have a pretty good team. Let's hear a little more about those team players and the roles that they play. I think it starts uh, at the top here. I mean, uh, Brian, will elaborate on it, how we divide up. Brian's operation guy, so he should talk about the team and the division of labor. Yeah, how we divided it up is well, from the beginning, Roger took over acquisitions and dealing with investors. And I did marketing and sales, uh, setting up systems, technology, stuff like that. And then Dustin, with his background um, as, a, as a contractor, took over the project management, overseeing the construction uh construction of our homes and so that's how it started at, at the top and so now we've got various positions as we've moved up in in volume and day-to-day operations 
starting to fill in the pieces below us for the support as we're growing. Well, maybe elaborate on some of the team members we brought on. Yeah, let's hear about that. Right. So we have a project manager. We have a draftsman under Dustin. Um, we have acquisition team under Roger. Um, and then under myself, we have the um, admin support and transaction coordinator. And then um, we use various people to help us out with marketing. We had had some people um, on staff and now we're using outsourcing a lot. Love it. Now, what you guys are describing to me reminds me of a, uh, a book I really like. Is there any specific book that you've kind of used to model that after or, or no? E-Myth? E-Myth or 4 week or okay, four okay. Hour work week is yeah it's, yeah. A, it's a combination of all, all, a lot of those different things i think most of us have read you know napoleon hill or uh robert kurosaki you know, um emit um what's the another guy we're working with right now is uh edwards uh Dimming. Dimming. Um, a lot of his philosophies and how he awesome. manufacturing um he helped manufacturing business out in Japan and get through and some of those principles and they're actually applied abroad as a matter of what type of business you, you do. So always continuing that education um, is it, very vital, you know, to well, what I, grow in yourself. What I've found in, my, in, in reading or studying business stuff, the principles have been the same since the beginning of time, you know, and I think what you see a lot of authors come out now, they just kind of rehash it for the latest generation. Mm-hmm. And so everybody kind of figured out, I mean, you can, if you read Napoleon Hill, you know, you thought he was the first guy, but then you go back and you, you read the science of getting rich in the 1800s, right? And then you go back and read Walt Whitman, you know? So just throughout time, everybody had it. It was always there. It's just got to be re, it's got to be reinvented for the new generation to, to digest. The principle has always been the same. You know, if you want to grow your business, you know, you can't do everything. You can't be everything. And you have to bring that team around you. Love it. I love, I love how you mentioned that you each have your role and then you have people underneath that person um it might sound obvious but i think it's so important to have those clear defined roles and know who's over who otherwise it's just mayhem <laughs> yeah and no, that was that was some of the success in the beginning is you know we talked you talked about working with partners again it was you know, other than goal alignment you have to divide the labor up or you are stepping on each other's toes and then you you know or you're encroaching each other's area so we're here to support each other in each person's division i guess but at the same time, by having clearly defined roles, then there's no confusion, no miscommunications, and, and it's more efficient, right? I'm not trying to do marketing pieces for Brian, and he's not trying to go out and buy the house, you know? So, you know, otherwise, you're, we're going to be very inefficient, and we're not going to get as much accomplished. Awesome. So, let, okay, let's start diving in a little more to these different, uh, you know, I call them the four house flipping pillars. Um, basically, you know, buying financing, rehabbing, and selling, you know, the basic things that make up your house flipping machine, right? So let's talk about that. Let's dive in here. No secrets, right? We're letting it all out. Absolutely. Well, I think, Mira, one of the things I said on stage when you came to that event, I said, you know, my competition's in the audience, but it doesn't matter because there really is no secret. You know, you just go out there, you buy houses and you fix them and sell them and do a great work really hard and do a good job, right? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And that's part of the reason why I'm bringing you guys on because I know that's, that's the philosophy that you have and that's the same philosophy I have as well. So let's start with buying. That's my favorite. I think that's the most important part of this business. So let's, how do you guys buy so many? Don't tell us, Matt. You're hurting his feelings now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dustin doesn't have houses to fix up if you don't buy them, right? Right, right. So the philosophy is obviously you make your money when you buy, but you can lose it when you're rehabbing, right? Okay, good point. Dustin, your job is... Just as important, I promise. 
<laughs> not to lose money, apparently. Not to that's, lose money. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. That's Warren Buffett's number one rule, right? Don't lose money. Don't lose money. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we, we're it's a transition market, as you probably know right now, Justin. I mean, that we in the past, you know, the REO market was hot mm-hmm. when we first started and it went to short sales. And now we're starting to see a mix of inventory and, and things. But um, back before we learned to be investors, and uh, maybe you're probably around back in that time, is it was death, divorces, and taxes, right? Yep. All, yep. That was distressed real estate back then. Yep. And so now there's a shift that's going to go back to that. And so we're in the middle of doing a transition from only MLS or you know, only MLS and wholesalers moving towards that, the old traditional way of doing real estate. So it's new for us because we grew up during the REO market, right? <laughs> but, and so uh, you know we're out there you know, picking brains from guys like you that have been there before, before the REO market. And we're putting together a lot of programs to do that right now. Predominantly, we're still buying off the MLS or we're still buying wholesale deals. That's the, the vast majority of deals we're doing. But we are since we do see the shift and at the same time, we want to increase our volume. You know, we have to we're addressing those needs and we're in the middle of putting together a lot of programs. We've, uh, we've already started doing pretty heavy in probate and we're starting to get some calls. We've had that out there long enough now. And we're starting to you know, visit at least a couple properties a month and pretty soon we'll be buying those, I'm sure. And then uh, the next is, you know, the other other platforms, the uh, non-owner occupieds, the pristine owner route, and the, the divorce routes, you know, all these different ways of finding inventories, what we're working on at this time. Okay. So you mentioned MLS and you're still getting deals that way. Uh, I think I heard, I've heard you talk about developing relationships with realtors, but also just making your own offers as well. You're doing both of those? Um, you know, this market is very competitive. I'm not sure how it is up in Inland Empire at this point, but there's uh, some of the big shops, you know, the Aslans and PGIs and those guys, they're all offering double ends. You almost every time you call an agent right now, they're yeah. almost demanding to double end a deal. So we've had to, to shift before we would write a fair amount of offers, but now. I said, well, what was the one the other day? They, they said they want to double end and you got to give 50% of, their, of the equity, too? Uh, I don't know. There's all silly stuff, yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, so like I said, we're, you know, there is competitiveness on the MLS, and that's why we have to shift away from it because of that. You know, like they're really squeezing the margins, uh, the margin, excuse me, on the deals. So I mean, we're, we're okay. We're doing it. We're getting enough deals to keep alive, but for us to thrive, you know, it's the whole who moved the cheese and we're chasing the cheese. Exactly. And you always have to be moving in this business. I mean, I... I've been doing this six and a half years and it seems like every year and a half or two without fail, I'm at least adapting. Just like I love what you said is I keep things going, but you look ahead and you try to see, okay, what's next? And what I've found is anytime I've adapted, there's been like a little bit of a lull, but then the next time as I implement those new systems, we just keep our numbers go up even more than they were before. So Kudos to you guys for doing that. Yeah, I mean, in, in three and a half years, I think we've seen four market shifts, right? Jeez, that's kind of crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And right now we're in that low as we're restructuring. But because you, we have that background, we have that track record, you know, you never lose that, right? You never lose the knowledge you already gained. So you're just adding to your knowledge. And so you're right. Every time you do, do a shift and adjustment, you should do more. Absolutely. And so we're excited for the next phase. So you mentioned some of those new things. We won't dive into detail on every single one. but Pick one or two and just let us know how someone could go about that, um, about putting together that buying system. Gotcha. Well, in my mind, the quickest route to anybody getting started still today, you know, is to go out there and have a way at the MLS. But I, I, I like to call them gatekeepers. So your agents, your brokers, maybe even attorneys, you know, divorce attorneys, probate attorneys, 
and wholesalers, all these guys are kind of a gatekeeper to a, a, a stash of inventory. And so you just got to get yourself out in the marketplace. You got to get known to these people. And the more they know you, the more networking you do with those people, the quicker you're going to get to a deal. You're not the first investor of choice because you're new. But as they, you see, they keep seeing you come around, they're, you know, you're going to get a deal. And that's what happened when we first started. You know, we weren't the investor in choice for that agent, right? But when she got into a situation, she made the phone calls and we were there for her to provide a solution. And so in my mind, if you're getting started, you just got to get out there. You got to network with everybody and you're going to get deals, you know. And maybe then six months from now, nine months after, you know, we did mystify all the direct marketing techniques, we might say there's a quicker route. But, you know, in our mind, that's still the best way to go if you're a beginner. It's network and network and network. I actually wrote, just finished a blog post that I posted about that as well. I'll, I'll link up to that in the show notes. But also, I mean, you, not that you can't get started with direct mail or something like that, but if you don't know, if you don't have the MLS, you don't have agents, you don't have a team, you're going to spend a lot of money and then you're going to get calls. You're not really going to know what to do with them. If you start out by working the MLS, building those relationships, learning how to evaluate properties, because it doesn't cost you any money to call an agent or to start making offers on the MLS and learn how to comp properties and drive and look at houses. So if you start that way and if you get going quickly and pick it up quick, you can three weeks later, a month later, shoot, start doing your direct mail campaign or, uh, you know, working with those direct sellers. But I just, I agree a hundred percent that if you want to start tomorrow, how many hungry agents are out there? I mean, it's not, you know, they're not all easy to work with, but you, at least you can, you can like fail forward fast, right? <laughs> Pretty quickly right. that way. And like you said, you know, the people, you know, if they're, if they're on the, listening to this podcast, you know, we told about how we began, but they, they just got to, you have to put in your mindset. There's an education curve there. You got to put in the time. You know, I said it was 11 months. You said nine months for your first deal. You know, and it, you know it just takes time, and you gotta you gotta educate yourself along the way. And that you're you're 100 correct there. Get out there and practice it. You know, you know when I first started, I had a before these guys, I had a guy. It was one of my friends was going to team up with me. After three months, he got tired of looking at houses, so he wasn't you know he he wasn't dedicated, right? And so you just you have to have the mindset. It could take you nine. It could take who if it took you two years. Who cares? Because if you're going to start making money on the long term, it paid off, right? Mm-hmm. So that's you have to learn your lessons one way or another. Two years might be a little long, but <laughs> I don't know if I could go that long, but no, absolutely. I, I hear you a hundred percent. I mean, you, it's just not an overnight thing, but the payoff is so huge. If you stick to it, it, I heard someone once compare it to uh, the karate kid, you know, Mr. Miyagi's telling wax on wax off. And you know, what a pain for him to have to do that for so long, but he learned the, the basics and right. this business is the same. Like you said, people have done it. People do this. There's a way to go about it. I'm posting everything there is to know about this business on my on the House Flipping HQ site. There's no real sure. There's little things here and there, little tactics that you learn along the way. And there's no substitution for hands-on doing. But it's all about just going for it. Um, anyway, this is your interview, not mine, right? I'm, I'm like getting all excited. Okay. It's interactive, you know, but here's the thing is, is when I started this, you know, I was coming off of another... Uh, failure of a little business and stuff. And I, was, I had no cash. And so I didn't go out and buy all the courses known to man. It was probably a good thing in hindsight. It took me a little bit longer, but you're right. You can piece it all together. I went, I listened to every webinar I could, all the freebies, you know, up to the point where they says, now send me $500 or 2000 whatever it was. <laughs> and then I would, you know, I found people like yourself, you know, bloggers and, and things that share tidbits and piece by piece, I put the puzzle together doing it that way. And it was the best way actually, because then I learned it the correct way instead of jumping on some guru's bandwagon and doing the wrong thing. You know, 
And, and it's the free stuff, it's out there. I mean, I went to a Jeff Adams seminar and, and I didn't have the money to buy his course and, and probably a good thing because I'm not sure how good it is or bad it is. <laughs> but he said something, you know, that day and, uh, for free. On the teaser, he said, you got to call agents, you know, and you're not going to be their investor choice, but just keep calling them. And that was, it was 100% correct. You know, the, the best thing he could hit the, in his whole training thing was the free thing. I bet you. I mean, you can do his whole course and you analyze deals, but but that one little piece right there of the puzzle really did it. You know, I'm like, okay, I got to go call agents. So I started calling agents. And next thing you know, I'm getting educated because of that, right? Love it. Love it. And it seems like any seminar, anything I go to, like you said, even if it's not that good, there's always a nugget there you can you can take away. Right. So um, looks like you're getting a little bit of sun there, Brian. You doing okay? <laughs> <laughs> Am I blinding you? No, you're, the, you're fine. The, you're, fine. <laughs> you're fine. Just want to make sure you're okay. So, all right, let's dive into um, financing. How, do, how in the world do you finance 150 deals, most of them being in San Diego? So they're not cheap houses you guys are buying. Not like the junkers that I've bought a lot of. How are you guys financing all these? Well, I, that's still my department, I guess. So that, you know, we started out initially, you know, again, like I said, we weren't well capitalized. We were guys, you know, Brian at nine to five, Dustin had a business, but I was virtually broke at the time. And so we needed to leverage our, other people's money. And so originally we just found people at the local RIAs, people that were willing to partner up with us on deals. And basically they would provide the cash. We would find the deals, do the labor and sell them. And we'd split profits 50-50. And so joint ventures was the way we got started. You know, we carried that on until we were able to get a little bit of cash in our pocket and the, the next stage for us was hard money. And then hard money, you know, as you know, you know, especially at that time, and we were relatively new, they're not going to finance 100% of your deal. And so we had a little bit of cash in our pocket and or we would pair that up with private money. You know, we had a track record at that time where some private lenders would you know, provide gap funding for us. And then uh, we carried that on. And then that's carried us all the way up to the point where we are now, which the next transition for us, and we just uh, we finished opening up a, a fund, a real estate fund. And that fund is actually going to be buying our properties fix them and resell them. And then that fund will pay dividends out to the investors. And so it's been a transition, you know, from equity deals with guys to hard money and some equity into, you know, just straight financing, you know, straight now we're into the fund. So over the three and a half years, it's been a transition. Awesome. And that fund, I mean, I don't know if you want to dive into that some more. I know you and I were, I've been looking at doing a fund for like two and a half or three years now. And you just went for it, man. Well, you know, we went for it, and then it took a year to set it up, too, so that's, it was kind of crazy. And then the reason being, it's just not, not just a, a regular fund where you just uh, you, uh, you sign on uh, the website with the SEC and tell them about you have a fund. We did a California-only fund, so all the investors have to be from California. The money has to be used in California, but the, the reason we did that is because this particular fund you're about to advertise like crazy. You know, there's like almost no media outlets that you can't put it on. Whereas if you do other types of funds, it's got to be more word of mouth. You know, you have to establish rapport with people and then you can pitch the fund. And so ours is a little bit different. And also there's a lower threshold for who can invest. If you do a normal fund that you see the hard money guys offering a lot of times, the, high, the net worth is for higher net worth individuals where our fund, you, know, you can make $65,000 a year and invest in our fund. And you only have to invest a minimum of $10,000. And so we did a lot of things, jumped through a lot of hoops to make that happen. And so we're really excited. We're right now, Brian and I are just finishing up all the marketing pieces and about ready to really market the market really crazy for that fund and raise a lot of money. And so we're excited about that transition of the business at this point. But this fund is set up for, you know, you know like we just said, this is not easy business, right? No. This is, there's a lot of work involved going out there, finding the houses, fixing them and reselling them. And so this fund is set up for you know, the people that don't have that kind of time. 
but they want a decent return on the money. And so the perfect for you, maybe your doctors or your lawyers or CPAs and your super professional guys that are working 60, 70 hours a week, they don't have time to find inventory like we do, but they can still be involved and have a good return on money. So I just did another post on uh, private money lending and talked about, you know, deeds and trusts and property, kind of what you guys mentioned. Um, What is the difference between just deed of trust investing or private money lending and the fund that you guys have set up? Sure. I mean, they have, uh, both of them have their positives and their negatives. You know, when you're doing a trustee investing, it's usually one investor or maybe two investors per house. And so the, it's kind of more tangible when a person is a trustee investor, they know the property that their money's tied up in, you know, they can reach out and touch it versus if you do into a fund, you're pulling money together with other investors to buy multiple properties. So your money's spread out over different houses um, the positive on the fund over the, over that would be in a fund, you know, we're actually buying and holding title in the fund. And so if anything goes wrong with a property, you're not have to worry about, you know, the idea like defaults, you're not have to worry about, uh, evictions or, you know, if it was a rental, you're not worrying about, uh, foreclosing, you know, all those lengthy processes, because again, like I said, the fund itself owns the property. So there's a lot less hassle, a lot less paperwork, you know, and issues there. And so, like I said, both have their positives, and I think they're both used strategically in the right place. Um, from a investor standpoint, for us, it makes it easier because we have a lot of investors with varying you know, degrees of amount of money. And so by pulling the money together, we're not just trying to find this property matches this investor, which sometimes they don't line up. And you're trying to, it's like you're trying to take a, a square peg and stick it through a round hole and because it, it just doesn't work. So, you know, that's been the, the problem of doing that and doing volume. And so it's a lot easier if we put together, you know, several guys' money, then we can go buy several houses and line up each you know, individual investor per house. Does that kind of answer the question that you were getting at? Yeah, absolutely. And and that's why I've same reason why I've wanted to do a fund for a long time. And I just need to get it done <laughs> one of these days. Awesome. All right. Well, I think we're good on financing. Let's uh go ahead and dive into the rehab process. I know you guys have a pretty good uh rehab system going there. You've got your man, Dustin, running the show. Dustin, why don't you uh, tell us a little how you guys run your rehab machine over there? Well, you know, to be quite honest with you, Dustin, when we first started doing this business, it was fly by the seat of your pants. It's We bought the house, then we jump in there. Yeah, I do have a, a background in construction, but it's complete. You look at the thing a little, a lot differently than you do for a retail client or you look at it for you know whatever purpose we're looking at you know to rehab a house to resell it right so i had to learn myself of how to shift my mind not only to go fix a house i can fix anything that's that wasn't my issue it was how do we make these houses profitable but also you know make sure that we're taking care of this the issues especially the health and safety items within the house we want to make sure we're selling a good product back to the end consumer at the end of the day typically a in our case, a lot of military here in San Diego or a, a nice family. So it took me a while to shift my mind on how to attack, you know, the fixing of a house, right? Because we're looking at budgets. We got numbers to work with. If we want to do all these crazy things. We want to make the Taj Mahal, you yeah. know, down in the ghetto if we can. But you know, it doesn't quite work out that way, you know, number-wise. So it was a big shift mentally, let alone trying to figure out how do we actually do that and you know, like Roger said, run as a business or systematically. 
Um, so it took us a while. It took me, I think, I think we figured this out. It took about 30 houses for me to really get the system dialed in to, to start going at it, you know, at, at, at an extremely aggressive pace. And that was, um, you know, about, I think it was about nine, nine months into our, to our career here. Uh, we were about at that number and, you know, that 25, 30 houses until I figured out, you know, we are going to use the same paint colors. We are going to use the same doorknob, you know, and what that actually looked like at the end of the day, found a price point that worked for us. And so I stole and robbed, you know, some of the processes from other guys, you know, went right into books and right into just picking people's brains. You know, how do you do this? How do you do that? Roger said, going to the RIA meetings and meeting with people, just taking, you know, one piece of information from everybody and kind of putting it together, you know, what worked for us at the end of the day. So that's how it kind of started. And then we get into the nuts and bolts of how we actually do it, right? Absolutely. I love how it's pretty interesting. Nine months it took to buy a house. And then nine months after that, after you bought your first house that it took till you felt like you had your uh, rehab system down. And just, it's really, really uh, interesting. But what's interesting to me is you said you didn't have it together, but yet you did 30 houses. And (laughs) that's what I said by the the seat of our pants, you know, a little bit because yeah, we, you know, we can go in there, we can paint a wall, we can, you know, tear out some cabinets and put some new ones in, things like that. But we didn't really know what we were doing. We knew what we were doing as far as, you know, cleaning it out and, and we wanted to make it look pretty at the end of the day at the house. But we didn't really know how to put that on paper and how to buy that product, you know, at a um, the right way or, or what the product we even wanted to use. Absolutely. You know, it's a big difference between a doorknob. You know, you can buy a $7 doorknob or you can buy a $55 doorknob. You know, you got to figure out, you know, what's the value of those products and, you know, the price points. And on top of that, I mean, what Dustin is, is getting out here is you, anybody can go out and flip houses and you can do it over and over again. But if you're going to build a business, make a business out of this, then you got to figure a system. And so Dustin said, you know, he knew how to you know, do anything, but to do a system, make a system, make a very systematic approach, that's totally different than just flipping houses, right? For sure. And so we, we approach it from a business. And even today, you know, as the market's shifting and we, we sit back and we look at our systems and we said, you know, to go from where we are to where we want to go, our systems are not good enough right now. Yep. And so we're right now revising and adding to our systems and improving our systems. I think if you're going to grow, you got to continuously look at, you know, your systems and what you do. And then evolve, and that's where we're still evolving today on our rehabs. Okay, Dustin. So, how what does your typical day look like? I mean, how many projects do you usually have going on? What do you do? Do you have, you said you have a project manager as well, so you oversee them. We we, we do now. I have I have a project manager has been with us about about two years now, so about half of that that four year time frame. And we have a um, a draftsman that draws a lot of the plans for our homes and the additions or uh, you know remodels and permits and things. Um, that's in-house now, too. My typical day looks like that I get up in the morning, come into the office, and I start answering some of the emails that may be there and kind of outlay uh, where we are within the day. We have different appointments or meetings scheduled throughout the week. So depending on what day that is, that obviously will dictate you know what I have to do. Um, but really, you know, right now, I believe we have nine renovations going on. Wow. And... And I won't see those things, you know, for weeks at a time. And a lot of that is just looking at photos that are coming in um, that's either brought in by a product manager or that are sent in from our contractors. 
And a lot of it was just looking at paperwork, to be honest with you nowadays. It's very monotonous, this business, you know, repetitious, this business. But that's kind of the joke that, you know, it's what was it? getting, uh, rich, is getting rich is boring. But it's a lot of hard work. And that's what we're trying to distill that myth that, you know, this is, is easy to do. It, it, it's fun. It can be very rewarding, but it's also a lot of hard work. Well, I think <laughs> it's, it's so funny what you said because... I see some of these really creative investors, which I'm not ragging on. They're really smart. It's amazing. But that's not like my style at all. But they're so creative and they have to think of like something new on every single house they buy. (laughs) As to with you guys and kind of my approach is more, what are the systems? What is something I can streamline, put into place and systematize it and have it go again and again and again without changing little as possible, changing as little as possible. So. You know, and you have to be careful sometimes because we we get so much into our systems that we almost got boxed in, and mm-hmm. and, uh, and we did one property that should have been a, a Spanish style. We we did some craftsman finishes to it, and <laughs> we, I don't know if I think I think we lost money or broke even on that house. And, and so you have to be careful when you do yeah. it because you know yeah. you have to know what your product is and stuff. But the biggest thing, you know, watching Dustin in action from where he started, those first twenty five houses, he was the contractor. You know, he was out in the field every very first project, it was seven days a week, you know, swinging hammers, doing whatever it took. So he had to evolve from being the contractor, and then he had to become a project manager. Yeah. And now he has to be, a, you know, the overall rehab department guy. You know, he has a project manager to answer to him, a draftsman, and a bunch of contractors that, on the on the jobs where we're doing new builds and stuff. You know, he's meeting with, you know, all uh, architects and whatever. So he's had to evolve. And like I said, he's pushing paper now. But he, when we first started, he was swinging hammer like crazy. Yeah. And so that's... Yeah, that's, good. That's you know what? A good story, Justin. Let's tell you another one. It's actually our very first rehab. We talked about our first wholesale. Uh-huh. Let's talk about our very first rehab Let's now, right? Yeah. So our very first rehab, we got an investor, which is still invested with us today. He was actually in the office yesterday signing uh, paperwork for a new house we're buying this week. Same investor from the very first house that we, we did, right? And these are, this shows the repetitious, you know, miss within our business right there. But that particular house was a 17-day renovation. It was about $35,000, uh, and I did it in 17 days. Wow. So straight, Saturday, Sundays, whatever. <laughs> we got it done, right? And I believe we sold that house from key to key. So what I mean, the day that we purchased it to the day we sold it to the, to the end buyer in 63 days. So that was our very first rehab that we did. Wow. And that one we made sixty sixty five thousand or sixty seven thousand dollars on. Nice. You know? So it, it, we're like, this is easy. Now we're gonna you know, that's that was the first rehab. Wow. So we, we bought it we bought into the hype too, you know, oh, yeah. that it's gonna be this, easy. This is so easy, we're gonna make so much money. <laughs> and then we then with the next two projects we maybe cash five thousand. <laughs> I I love it. I love hearing the real deal. And that's what this is all about. So, okay, cool. Anything else on rehabbing or back up that covered? No, I just, you know, you have to keep evolving and keep working on yourself and the business too. That's my point of the story that I was there all day, 17 or the 17 days straight on that one. And it worked out really well for us. But today I don't even see a project. Maybe if I'm lucky twice, you know, from, from start to finish. So you're saying you probably couldn't be training these guys if you didn't know what you were doing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I it, think it, made, it made the learning curve easier. Yes. Sure. Um, but it's, it is still possible, you know? If, yeah, it, that's true. I guess I don't know how to swing a hammer. So right. I'm trying to prove a point <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, that's against what I do. Oh, anyway, well, you remember we all, we all come from different 
backgrounds and come from yeah. different places. So you got to find your strengths and how you're going to make, and then you got to figure out, you know, what the pieces that you're missing and where to get those at. So that may be an internal team member and maybe an external partner or team member, you know, that, that good contractor out there that you meet, you know, and then you build that rapport with that becomes a good buddy of yours that really, you know, buys into what you're doing while you're helping him grow as a person and as a company too. Great. You know, we only have a few more minutes left here. Let's dive into the the selling process. I know it's probably not, you know, kind of somewhat basic. Uh, how do you guys go about selling these houses? Uh, we're selling and we list through a realtor. We have a close relationship with a realtor as part of our, our team. And we put them out on the MLS and open houses. I mean, really to sell a house, it, the bottom line is uh, you buy right, you do a good job. Um, you keep, you know, make sure the profit's in there, make it look good. And then it sells itself. I mean, really, my job is just super easy. If Roger and Dustin uh, do their right job and, and really selling the house, is, um, there's really nothing to it. Um, as long as you um, do the right do the, do the right work up to the point that you go to sell it. Now, I was just saying, like, I think what he was saying is, you're, you know, if all the numbers are in line, then the sales price should be very you know, aggressive, you know, to sell it really quickly, right? Is that what you were saying there? Right. I mean, if you, you got the right, uh, I guess what I'm getting at here, you do the, you buy it right. Yeah. Um, and you can sell it, uh, you can price it um, uh, competitively and uh, you make your house stand out above the others, then uh, it sh- should go, there shouldn't be a problem. It should take care of itself. Yeah, I, I absolutely hear what you're yeah. saying. Now, Brian, you're over marketing for the business, right? For the company. Obviously, the marketing and sales, yeah. What? Okay, so the sales, but what other kind of marketing do you do? I know you guys You guys are one of the best I've seen at kind of getting yourself out there and just marketing yourself. And what, what do you do and how does that benefit your company? Um, well, you know, when we started out, we used to do a lot of um, subgroups where we would, uh, every month, we would take a property that we're working on and we would open up to free to the public to come and meet us and, and see what we're doing and do some education on site. And it became a networking platform for people to come and meet each other, meet us. And we started growing our, we started growing our network that way. Uh, we networked like crazy um, from the beginning. And we started branding uh, our name on everything. And we made sure that we were attaching quality to that. So we were at every RIA every month um, that we could be at, networking events, and uh, making sure we had, uh, you know, got the website up. One of the first things we did when we started this business was we get the website up. The website is so important to showing off your business and to start branding. And so it was the first thing I did. I think that we did our first wholesale and I think we started working on started working on the website from that point. We knew that would be a catalyst to getting the business going. So really the branding uh, is what we focused on from the beginning and uh, making sure that we're always out there. And so um, when we listed, originally when we listed our houses, we listed with the, the realtor sign, using a realtor sign with our brand on it. So we're not branding other uh, brokerages, we're branding our company. And you walk into our house and you've got branding through the house uh, with our flyers and our information about our company. Um, so we're always making sure that the RVD was in front of people and that the quality of the craftsmanship of the product we're putting out is attached to that brand. I, just, I remember going to your seminar last year and just I'd never been to a real estate investing seminar where I learned so much about marketing. It was just, wow, I was blown away. So was, I've never seen that at a real estate investing seminar. So that's it's pretty cool. So you're probably part of my inspiration for doing all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> 
Does that mean we, we're going to get some residuals? Yep. <laughs> yep, that's right. Residuals from, from free. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, yeah, free, so... Free. <laughs> so, okay, you guys have shared a wealth of information and knowledge uh, and education with uh, House Flipping Nation here. <laughs> yeah, start start the, calling uh, it Flipping Nation. Um, and we, we're all better off for it. And I really appreciate you coming on. In closing, what are, what are some final words that you can give us that will help us be motivated to take action and just be inspired? That's okay. You said one of them already, Justin. This is two things that I always tell everybody today is that pick one niche in real estate and be the best at it. You can go be a short sale guy. You can be a, a foreclosure specialist, a real estate agent, a rehabber, a wholesaler, whatever that niche that you want to focus on, be the best at that. And second is you got to get in there and do it. You got to take action. You got to, you know, just get out there and, and get your feet wet and, and push. you won't learn everything in a book. You won't learn everything, but you will get nuggets and tidbits, but you got to get out there and apply it. Love it. Love it. Thank you guys so much. Now, really quick, go ahead and give yourselves a quick plug and then let us know how we can get, you know, in touch with you. Um, you know, you mentioned the fund that you're doing is if someone's interested in investing in that fund, is that something we can talk about here? Is that legal? <laughs> or do you need to check with your attorney? Let's, let's call Jillian real quick, right? <laughs> uh, no, yeah, we have a website set up for the fund already. It's rbdinvestmentfund.com. Definitely go there and kick the tires. If you have any questions, uh, you know, or you want to discuss it more, call us right here at the office, 619 619- Six three nine six zero seven zero, and I'll just ask for Roger. I'd be happy, to, you know, explain any finer points to it. Um, before we give somebody the, the actual what the you know the package for the fund, we do have to do a little vetting. They have to fill out a questionnaire to see if they're you know qualified to invest, and then we can share the whole. So yeah, they can go to the website and get information there. You know, like I said, I can talk to them, but you know, to give them more information, we will have to have them fill out that questionnaire. But yeah, be happy, be happy to talk to them about it. Awesome. So if someone uh, wants to, you know, follow you guys a little more, where can they reach you? I think you mentioned your website, which is killer. I recommend anyone to check out your website. That's just rbdventures.com. Yeah. Roger mentioned the fun website. We also have our company website, rbdventures.com. And we can also be found out there on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash rbdventures. And also on YouTube. We got a lot of videos on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash rbdventures. Well, I appreciate all your guys' time. I'm excited. I want to go buy some houses now and fix them up just for Dustin. <laughs> I'll give you one final tidbit. You know, you okay. asked about how to get people excited. I never bought a house before I bought that first wholesale deal through RBD Ventures. And so I literally took the paperwork into escrow and I said, how do you buy a house? You what? know, so I went from buying no houses, you know, three and a half years ago to buying 150 houses. Jeez. So obviously you don't have to have a background in real estate. You don't have to ever bought a home. You just got to actually, like Dustin said, you got to go out and take action. Get some knowledge, but don't let, don't think you have to know everything. Don't let all the lights turn green before you go down the street, right? And so just, you know, just get out there and do it and have fun with it. Love it. One step at a time, right? One step at a time. Well, you guys are the great example. Yeah. Hey, Justin, just want to say before we wrap up, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I just want to say thank you very much. And also want to say your website that you just put out is awesome. And, uh, We've been, I've been looking at the articles that you've been putting out on there are absolutely amazing. The quality of the, the information that you're putting out there is, is absolutely amazing. So um, congratulations to your website. 
Oh, you guys are too kind. That's that's the goal. Been a lot of work, but if people can get something out of it, then it's it's more than worth it. So appreciate it. All right, guys. I think that's a wrap. Go keep buying houses and we will catch up soon. Awesome. All right. Thanks thank you. Awesome. Thanks. All right. Another incredible interview with an amazing company. I'm still blown away with everything those guys have accomplished in such a short period of time. It just goes to show what you can do in only a few short years. So take massive action, learn from what they're doing, learn from what some of the other people here are doing, and just go make it happen. As always, if you have any questions, head over to House Flipping HQ for tons of information and resources there. Put any questions you have in the comments section. You can find RBD's interview on the podcast under the podcast tab uh, under RBD Ventures. You'll see it there. If you have any questions for them, leave it in the comments section. We will get back to you. And once again, if you got value out of this podcast, please head over to iTunes. Leave us a hopeful five-star rating and review. Subscribe to the podcast and we'll be super appreciative of that. All righty. Well, I think that's a wrap. We will catch you soon and we will see you on the flip side. This has been the House Flipping HQ podcast. Your your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com.